So we're going we're gonna to go back in time and pick up a word that we don't use anymore. Um, and, and you'll see it on the screen. It's the word primer. Um, yeah, you're going to look at me and say, no, that's primer. No, it's primer. The, when, you, when you talk about this kind of thing, this is an elementary book where it taught you the very basics of reading. I'm sure Bill Harris learned on a primer. Bill, did you learn on a primer? Yes, he did. Okay. There's probably three other people in the world who did too. And um, no, there's several people that would do this. And it would be like C-spot run, you know, I mean, just little symptoms. But, but you would learn different things, phonics and different things from these primers. Uh, just, just the basics of whatever the subject was. And we're going to do a primer on being the light of the world. Just review basic instruction. This is so fundamental tonight. But as we were debating, the, uh, we were in the discussion because... Um, Randy and LaVon were into it in the office, and I just couldn't help but overhear them in this animated conversation about being a mission-minded church. What makes you a church that's mission-focused? And one of them is that we, we put a significant portion, uh, a percentage of, of money into missions, and even foreign or local. But, but then they got to thinking, but what about our local mission? We don't put a lot in our local mission. And, and the whole thing is, you are our local mission. We've got 500 missionaries full-time in the Jonesboro area. We, we, don't, we don't need to have some kind of campaign. Your life is a mission. So here's the other thing. A church needs to give a significant portion of money, and you do, and I think we should applaud that, but we should also keep a monitor on it and don't ever let that be something that's just a minor thing. This needs to be a significant thing. We are a force in the world, and I love what we do with it. But we are supposed to be a force in the world in our presence, too, and our people. And so what is it? This is still Mission Sunday. This is still February 18th. And so this is still a mission lesson, and it's about us. The elementary basic idea of what does it mean to be people who are the light of the world? A city on a hill, which is kind of what we are, right? We talk about it all the time. In the greatest sermon ever preached, the first thing Jesus says is your mindset has to be right. It's called the Beatitudes. And then right after that, he said, your mission must be right. It's called, you are the light of the world. Mindset leads to mission. You are the light of the world. Clear, concise, and simple. It's so elementary, even a kid understands the significance of light, even if they can't say it and articulate it. And yet, it's such a charge, a light for the world. This is the main idea of an, an entire paragraph of Scripture. Now, how many schools are out tomorrow? It's President's Day, some of you, so you're, you're thinking I'm getting a break. I'm going to do some English with you tonight. It's lots of English tonight, actually. But main idea of a paragraph or thesis statement means this, this line, you are the light of the world, becomes clarified by an entire paragraph. It describes what that means and it's not just the main idea of a paragraph, it's the main idea of this Sunday for us. As we were to be mission-minded, we need to always be, but one Sunday a year, we say, let's just really focus on the mission. And so we're going to talk about that. You, 
or the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a basket or a stand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and glorify or give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So basic, so simple. We've learned it since we were little and since we held up our fingers and circled them around in the air. You are the light of the world. You. This is the who. We're going to talk about who, what, when, where, how, and all that. You is the who, right? Little deceptive, it's a pronoun. You is a pronoun, which means you look for who it's referring to. So who is the you in this sentence? Who's the you? You can say something, go ahead. Who is the you in this sentence? All of us, everybody who's a kingdom person. So this is you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you said. You, Yeah, you. But I'm saying all of us, we, we are the subject of this sentence. You are the light of the world. That's, a, that's simple, right? But it's also not just, a, it's not just a pronoun. It's the subject of the sentence. You are, as a follower of Jesus, you are the light of the world. Okay, so you is also an interesting uh, word because we can compare it with some other words. I want you to look at these other pictures on the screen. What do these words have in common? You, deer, fish, aircraft, salmon, and sheep. This, this ought to be, appear on the back of Reader's Digest. Anybody figure out what all those have in common? You, deer, fish, aircraft, salmon, sheep. Singular or plural, the word is both. When somebody says, I see deer... It could be one, it could be ten. Same word, so it's a little confusing. It's singular and it's plural. And what I like about this, when he says you are the light of the world, God means both of them. Jesus means both of them. Y'all as a church, when you gather together, when you are assembled, you all, in the south, y'all, Y'all are the light of the world. When you get together as the church, when the youth group comes together and they do a retreat or they do any kind of function or a service project, the youth group is the light of the world. When the ladies get together for a ladies' day, they are the light of the world. But here's the other thing. When you go home and there ain't nobody else around, you are still the light of the world. There's never a time when you are not the light of the world because whether you're with a group or whether you're alone. So here's the thing. Here's what a lot of us do, though. We wait for the church to plan something big to help us to be the light of the world. And I'm the light of the world when I'm with the church doing this or when I'm with the youth group doing this. And, so I, let, and I think that's it. That's all I need to do. When I'm with the group, I'm the light of the world. No, it's not true. I mean, it is true. But you are the light of the world when you're just with friends. You're in the light of the world. You are the light of the world when you're walking through the hall at school or when you're in the office at your work. You're, you're the light of the world when no one else is around. Now, how does that make sense? I think it makes sense when some young guy is struggling with pornography and they come up and they talk to you and what they, what they hope to find is somebody who's real at home when nobody's around as they are anywhere else. And when they ask, how can I overcome this? You actually, as someone who's, who's got victory in that area, can share with them what you do when no one else is around to help them to figure this thing out and win this battle. And you say, well, what difference does it make whether you're faithful and no one else is around? Because they're going to 
ask about those moments because they need that too. You need to be the light of the world when no one else is around. So this is community. This is individual. This is you. You are the light. So who is the light of the world? You. Second, second word. You are the light of the world. Not future tense. One of these days, you'll be in a position to be light of the world. Uh, wrong answer. Wrong answer. You are, present tense, right now, light of the world. This is an identity word. This is you are the light of the world. You are, all the time. It describes who you are. You, you are a, a, a boy or a girl. You are a, a husband or a wife. You are, a, you are these things. This is who you are. And God says when you become a Christian, when you bow your knee to King Jesus, you become now the light of the world. That's who you are. That's part of your identity. And the other thing about this is it's, it's not an action verb. We think of an action verb as something that goes, does something, some action. This is a state of being verb. You know what that means? It means you're the light of the world whether you're doing anything or not. It's just that you are in every facet of your life. You are to be light and function as light all the time. Whether you're engaged in some kind of activity that would be an action verb or whether it's you're just responding to people or handling your anger or having to live under authority or handling your bodily desires or everything else. It's who you are, which means this is the when and the where of the primer. When are you the light of the world? All the time. When you're at Walmart, when you're driving your car, when you're at home alone, you're all, you are the light of the world all the time. You can't ever not be the light of the world. And also, it means it's everywhere you go. This is the when and the where of being light in the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden, and it's not because the city needs to shine light. It's because that's what cities do. They have light all the time. Well, this is what Christians do. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. One of the most basic things that we get used to. In the daytime, they would have thought back then, daytime there's light. Nighttime there is if the stars and the moon are shining. For us, it's when you light a switch. Light is such a natural part of our life. And Jesus picks something so common, so everyday, that it just pops as an illustration. What is light? Here's a definition. Natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. This is the What? Of our mission. We've got the who, the, the when, the where, now we've got the what. You are the natural agent. In our case, it might be supernatural agent because you have the Holy Spirit in you that, stimula that stimulates sight and makes things visible. As it says in the rest of the paragraph that fleshes out the main idea, you are like a lamp that gets lit in a house and you don't put something over it. No, the whole purpose of the lamp is to provide light for everybody in the house. We stimulate the ability of other people to see something. What? What do we help them see? 
That's when the rest of this paragraph probably helps with this as much as anything. There's this parallel. Notice these parallel clauses. And when you have parallel clauses in Scripture, this is another English lesson, number three in this sermon. Third English lesson. If you hate English, sorry, but maybe, maybe you get extra credit. I doubt it. But here's, when you have a parallel, it defines itself. So the red is parallel and the underline is parable. So here's what he says. Let your light so shine before other people. Now, you're going to say this. Well, we need to let our light shine and nobody else know about it. That's not what this says. We need to do good deeds and not let anybody know. That's not what this says. Let your light so shine before others that they, who's they? It's the others that you let your light shine in front of, may see your good works. So what is the light that shines? It's your good works. This parallel defines itself. We need to be people who do good works. This is the, this is the how, right? I think that's what I said. Not what I said. I think I put on there. But you got this. This is how you do it. This is what it means to be the light of the world. And this is borne out in several things, like Ephesians chapter two. By grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it's a gift from God, not, not a result of works. It's not a result of works, got that underlined, so that no one can boast. We're God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the end game. I love that phrase from Criminal Minds. Any Criminal Minds fans? You're trying to figure out, he's escalating. The unsub, yeah, unsub. There's another one. There's another one, unsub. The unsub is escalating in his violence. And they're going, why is he all of a sudden murdering more often? Why are we talking about this in a sermon? Anyway, why is he doing this? And then they say, well, what's his end game? What's his final, you know, big crescendo he's leading toward? Well, here's what he's saying about good works. Good works are not to pay off your salvation. They are to show off your salvation. When you're saved, it's what you do, right? He says this again. I'm not going to read the whole thing in Titus chapter 2. Again, the grace of God appears, right, through Christ, bringing salvation. But it also trains us, right? Purify himself for uh, people who are his own possession, zealous for good works. Titus chapter 3, the same thing. So what does it mean to be light of the world? It means let your good works be seen, which means they've got to appear. They can't be seen if they're not done. If you aren't doing good works, people can't see them. Does that make sense? You're not doing them, they can't be seen. But if you're doing them, they can be seen, and that's what we want. Right, okay, so what are these good works? I decided so many times to do these sermons on good works, and nobody says what they are. So I go through the New Testament, and I look for these lists of good works. Here's some of them. Helping the saints, doing good deeds, praying, giving. Praying? Yeah, praying's a work. Do you know that? When you take the time to consider someone else's situation and you go before God and you take that situation before God and you ask him to involve himself in it, God calls that a good work. So if you're praying for something, don't, don't ever say this. I've said it before. Well, all I can do is pray. Cut that out of your vocabulary. 
That's pretty amazing. That's a good work. So praying. All right. Sorry. Giving, showing mercy, doing acts of mercy. Forgiving. Forgiving is a good work. Well, that's not a work. Have you done it? How many of you forgiven and it's hard work? Raise your hand. You've forgiven people and it is stinking hard work. Yeah, okay. But that's a good work you can do. So, so forgiving people is a good work. Repenting. Don't tell me that's not work. I've done lots of it. And it's work, and that's what God calls it. Parenting children. Anybody want to make the argument parenting children is not a work? Anybody want to try it? And if you're a man, you're going to be shot. Do not raise your hand. Stay at home with your little kids for one day. It's a work. All right. Showing hospitality. Caring for the sick. Visiting the sick. Assisting or visiting widows and orphans, being kind, being patient with other people. All this, of course, is motivated because you believe in God and you want to bring Him glory in the world. If that's what motivates these things, it's a good work that God's talking about. Being patient with others, being a peacemaker, letting others go first, teaching another person, encouraging another person, leading another person, feeding people, welcoming people. Those two guys at the doors at Valley View are doing some of the best work of the entire church just by opening doors. Visiting people. Any action undertaken, motivated by a desire to please God that serves to bless somebody else is a good work. A simple smile can be. A kind word, a card, or a text. But there are others, too. There are some things that you don't do that are good works. Ephesians, or Philippians chapter 2 talks about you're like shining like stars in the universe doing good works, which was preceded by not grumbling and complaining. When you want to grumble and complain and you stop yourself, it's a good work. Is that an amen or not? Oh, come on. When you want to grumble and complain and you stop yourself because you believe in God and you know it glorifies Him more when you keep your mouth shut than when you open it, when you work to keep your mouth shut, don't tell me it's not a work. I've got one and I haven't mastered that, right? None of us have. But is it a good work? It is a good work. Thank you. Open your mouths a little bit. Now, there. And then, when you won't slander, when you're with people and they start talking about other people and gossip and you keep your mouth shut, you are doing a good work. Being light in the world. You're the light of the world. That's the what? Keep going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back up some. We're not even at the of the world. You're pushing me forward. You're saying I'm doing too long? I get it. What? And how? The good works is the what? And it's the how. And that leads to the last one, which is a who, but it's also a why. You are the light of the world. That's your target audience. That's who you're shooting for. That, I shouldn't say it that way. That's who you are... <laughs> Bang! I want to be good. No, no. That's what you are. Whatever. There's two or three things about this, I think. One, one is that's how we battle the world. Our good works. 
That's how we battle the world. That's how we fend off the world. When all, all of us at times has this desire and attraction, a draw to be just like the world. We want to be like everybody else, participate in the things they do. And one of the ways that we fend that off is by making sure we engage in good works. We are doing something instead of joining the world. And we are trying to win the world too. All of that. All three of those postures toward the world, battling the world and fending off the world and winning the world, can be done with good works. That's what they're designed for, to win the world. In 1 Peter, he says this more than once. He says, this world is going to speak ill of you. It's going to think unwell of you. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing bad, your good works cause them to glorify your Father in heaven. It makes the case for you. And this is more fully specified in the rest of the paragraph. Why are we to do this? That the world may see our good works and give glory to God. The why of our mission. We want them to see it so that they know that didn't come from us. It came from our Creator. And that's how our Creator is going to reach out to a lost world. This is... Um, a simple thing is this. You may recall that the, the main attribute of God in Scripture is His holiness. Those angels in heaven, even right now, are gathered around God. These awesome creatures gathered around God, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. That's the word they say over and over again. Holy, holy, holy. And, and when He calls us to be His people, He says, I want you to be holy as I am holy. That's His greatest attribute. That's the one that sums up everything. But holiness is is invisible. Holiness is his glory concealed. It's who he is in himself before he ever does anything. God's being is just holy, but once in a while he shows off. Once in a while he actually displays it for you to visibly see it. And when God makes his holiness visible, it's called his glory. And when you look in creation, for instance, you look at the ocean, you look at the Rocky Mountains, you go, that is God's glory. It's his holiness, but his holiness visible. Right, And so that's what God is saying to us. I want you, you to be me visible. God makes himself visible every once in a while. And one of the ways he does it is through his own people. He put his Holy Spirit in you. He's given you a job description of being people of good works. And when you go out there and you do those good works in his name, to his glory, to his honor, when you do those good works for him, you are showing God off to the world, making him visible. So when you do good things, visible to others, motivated by a devotion to God, God becomes visible to them through you. Even in the smallest of things you show God's glory I love this because you're not doing these things to earn God's favor you've already got his favor you're his child but you win attention for God in the, before a lost world when you do those things and they see them you are the light of the world it is our highest privilege and honor that as a mere human being we have the joy of knowing that we get to participate in this transaction of making God's holiness seen and the glory He receives from the little good works we do. Little old you 
on Monday, February 19th, because you believe in a God that you served the day before on Mission Sunday, you decide I'm going to do just one good thing, intentionally driven by my awareness of God's greatness and His honor in my life and His holiness and all that He is, just do something simple. I'm going to look out there and find someone, someone who needs just something and do something good, something kind. Because I believe in Him. And that's going to bring God's glory to them through you. And little old you in Jonesboro, Arkansas, can be the glory of God tomorrow. How profound is that? What are you going to do tomorrow that has an inkling of comparison to the greatness of that right there? What are you going to do tomorrow that compares to that? This is the primer. We've taken in the truth of what Jesus said of us, you are the light of the world. You know the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and the how of that simple yet amazing mission statement. Remember, this sentence wasn't just the main idea of the paragraph. It's not just the main idea of Valley View on February 18, 2000. 24. This is the main idea of your existence. So tomorrow, keep the main thing, the main thing. The greatest mission Valley View will be engaged in tomorrow will not be some united campaign where we come across in a tent or in a gospel meeting and invite people to it. We are going to go, like the Great Commission, we are going to go out of this building and off of this hill into the valley and we are going to live our lives and motivated by our belief in God, we're going to do at least one good thing that blesses others and they're going to see the glory of God in one simple slice of a moment. And then we're going to let God do with that whatever he wants to do with that. That's your call for this week. You are the light of the world. No debate, no discussion, no controversy about that. It's who you are every moment of your life. But if you're not a child of God, you've not embraced this mission because you haven't received that mindset, because you haven't responded to his call to bow your knee before King Jesus and be a servant, well then this, none of this makes any sense. We're trying to be the light to you right now. And if there's anyone who's seen the light and wants to become part of the light, now's a great time to do it as we stand and we sing to encourage you.